Are the Warriors still championship contenders? And is Chris Paul a good fit? Out to the KDUS hotline we go for Warriors talk. And I'm sure we'll get to some other NBA items and more. We're now joined in the sports zone by the Phoenix radio talk show legend, host, etc. John Cannon. And John, always good to have you on the show. Let's start with Draymond. He opted out. He's a free agent. Do you think he'll sign a long-term deal to stay with uh, the organization? Yes, I don't think that Chris Paul would have agreed to come to the Warriors, which I'm sure he did. There's no way they traded for him without his agreement that he wanted to come uh, if Draymond was not coming back. Okay, so why do you think Green is a you know a good fit to come back? Which is maybe a well, ridiculously uh, obvious question, and, but. Um, <laughs> He and Steph Curry uh, make each other better, and it's—I mean—it's crazy because Steph Curry is a great player, and would be—he'd still be a great player without Draymond Green. But I think that um, Draymond unlocks a piece of, of what Steph does, um, and I don't think Steph's interested in not having that. And I think Steph has a lot of say in the organization. That's not changing with the GM change. So I think um, you know Curry's made clear he doesn't think that the Warriors are championship contenders without Draymond Green. And I think Steph Curry would agree. So would most of the people who have watched the team for the last 10 years. So uh, I don't think they're going to let him get, you know, get swooped in on. Now, will he have offers? Yes. And will, would he have a choice to take an extra, you know, 20, 30, $40 million to go someplace else? Uh, He'll have that, I think. And I think he'll turn it down. I think that he, he'll understand that he's going to get a a new four-year deal, which at his age is, is important to him. It'll be a very good deal. He'll make a lot of money. He's already made a lot of money. I think the Warriors are a good uh, leapfrog thing for him for his post career, both in television and podcasting and other things that he's doing. The Bay Area is a good place <laughs> to be for that. Yeah. So I, I don't think he'd, he'd want to leave. He may do his last year in Detroit or something just to be, you know, to do that. But I think he'll be a Warrior uh, this time around. So no concern that he might go play for Sacramento with Mike Brown? No, not really. I don't. I mean, he loves Mike Brown. Mike Brown was great, but uh, if if Steph's not going with him, I, I don't. I don't think so. And I really, as I said, I think they. And I, I you know, I'm not in the meetings, obviously, um, but I think that they would have. They were confident that he was going to stay when they made the deal and traded Jordan Poole. If he, if he was going to leave, then Jordan Poole's contract wouldn't have been as big a problem. Right? I mean, Jordan Poole's contract was putting them into the second apron with, in combination with whatever they're going to pay Draymond next year. Okay, so and the second apron Jordan was a problem. That's for sure. Okay, so I was going to get to that next, uh, you know, eventually, but I'll you know, jump this ahead a little bit. Jordan Poole, um, did he have to go uh, to keep Draymond, or was that strictly a, a salary cap move? It, well, it was it was two things. It was a salary cap move, and it was a basketball move. I, it was not a Draymond Green move. It was um, – he was extremely disappointing last year. His And some of the things were weird and kind of out of his control. The, 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 do you remember when the refs started calling carrying all of a sudden? at the beginning of last year, yeah. Yeah. and then it, then it went away. But he was really – it turns out he carries the ball a lot. <laughs> Who knew? And, and he was getting one or two of those calls a game, and they were happening in bad moments. 
Um, and that kind of helped get his year off to a rough start. And he just never really recovered. He, he shot 33% from three. He, he, and, he, and that's because he took bad shots. He was terrible at the end of the clock, which the Warriors have always prided themselves on the end of the shot clock and the end of the quarters, you know, making sure they manage that. He, he was just, he'd shoot too early, take a bad shot, give up a basket on the other end. And I think they just, they tried. They tried talking to him privately. They tried talking to him through the media. They tried messing with his minutes. Nothing worked. And I think they just felt, look, it's not, at 4.9 million, it was bad enough. But at 20 something million, it, we can't, we can't have this. It puts us in the second apron. And I'm sure you've talked about it a lot, Bob, but man, this is, this is a different CBA. I mean, the previous CBA, if you were willing to write checks, you could still accomplish pretty much whatever you wanted. It was, there were going to be big checks. And even a Lake of, you know, would decide, you know, I'm not going to write that check. And we let, and they let GP2 go. But, now, if you're in that second apron, it doesn't matter how willing you are to write checks. You just can't do anything. Unless you're the Suns, maybe. And they don't, they don't seem to get that. But that's a different story for a different day. All right, speaking <laughs> okay. of the Suns, Chris Paul, does his you know, so-called slow style fit with the Warriors, especially with Steph and Clay? It'll fit with the Warriors, especially when Steph is on the bench, which is what they desperately need. You know, when Sean Livingston was running the point for those championship years, you know, they weren't breakneck up and down the floor when he was out there and, and Steph was on the bench. And, and they've missed that. And they have not had a person who could run the second unit without turning the ball over and get shots for people since uh, Sean Livingston retired and Andre Iguodala became, you know, ineffective. And, and, they, and last year they missed it terribly. So I think that 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 will be the biggest thing is that I think Steve Kerr's blood, blood pressure will go down when Steph's off the floor. When Steph's on the floor, and and I think Chris Paul will close a lot of games with those guys. And the spacing that that they give you, just like with, with Booker and Durant, you know Chris Paul's open in the mid range all the time, and he's going to. He's going to hurt people in the mid-range. He's going to get to the free-throw line, which they desperately need. They don't. They, they were one of the worst teams in the league at getting to the free-throw line. So I think it is a better fit than I first thought. Look, Bob, it took a minute. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> when I first read that, because Chris Paul has personified warrior, you know, opponent, warrior enemy, you know, especially the first several years of this, of this dynasty when he was with the Clippers yep. and then he was at Houston, he was the guy, he was the problem and they had to get around him. And so it took a minute to think about him in a warrior uniform. But the more I thought about it and the more I thought about not gnashing my teeth, watching Jordan Poole drive into traffic, fall down, not get the call. And then the Warriors playing four on five defense on the other end. I, I was, I was good with it. So is Paul coming off the bench for the first time in his career? I believe so. And again, I believe that they would have cleared that with him before they made this deal. He's not going to start over Clay. They're not going to start the three of them. So, yes, he is coming off the bench. Um, he will, I think he will really help Clay. I think that when, again, Steph's on the bench and Clay's out there and Chris Paul's able to, you know, to get him shots, I think it will help that. And I think it will help Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody on that second unit a lot to have a guy out there like that. That's the other thing, Bob, I think that, that hastened Jordan Poole's exit was his attitude 
problems were, I think the Warriors felt they were they were affecting, especially Jonathan Kaminga, in a, in a negative way. They they need team players on that bench. They've always had them. Warrior team Warrior bench has always been guys not worried about minutes, not worried about shots. You know, I'll go out and play defense and rebound, and you know. And Kaminga was like that his first year, but then last year suddenly he was not. He was not happy with his rotation minutes. And when uh, I'm sure you heard, you know, Steph Curry just had this big pep talk after they lost game six at home uh, of the King series. It was really directed at Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga. And it was all about mm. this team. You're not, you're not supposed to care about minutes and you're not supposed to care about shots. It's all about the team. And I, I don't think they felt like they were ever going to get there with Poole, but, but maybe Kaminga was worth saving. Speaking of Kaminga, you know, you know, I first heard of him when he was in high school, and I don't even follow high school yeah, basketball that closely anymore. You know, he was you know considered by some to be the best talent in the high school class. I've watched him play some enough. I'm not. Is he any good? I'm not sure. <laughs> you know the Warriors because sometimes they they put him out there and they'll get this incredible few minutes of basketball. And, and other times they put him out there and, and he'll play eight minutes and not get a rebound. And he's calling us that he should, you know, a ball should come and hit him in eight minutes. So um, it's, it is it is really uh, an enigma. But I think, they, as I said, they feel that he's worth saving, that that talent that's in there is is worth trying to unlock. Um, but they, they, they weren't going to be able to do that with, uh, with Jordan Poole. Uh, you know, I know we'd love to talk NBA. I do have a, a baseball thought for you if if you have a, a minute to entertain that. If you don't have a burning question, I I am. Oh, I got really plenty. Over. I got plenty of burning questions. I got plenty of burning questions. But get get in the baseball thing. Go ahead. I am I am over human umps. I'm over it. <laughs> I am I am ready for something. And okay. and you know that the the ninth inning of the Giants Diamondbacks game when. You know, the Giants go out there with a two-run lead, and Camilo Duvall strikes out the first guy, and they call ball four. Uh, and when you look at the stat cast, it is directly yeah. on it's, – it's completely in the strike zone, and it's directly on top okay. of another strike. And so here's what I think, though, Bob. I don't think it's really the umpire's fault. Pitchers are throwing nastier stuff than they've ever thrown. Late-breaking, okay. harder, okay? What if the umpire had a pitch comp? What if the umpire got to know what was coming, like the catcher does? Okay, well, help? you're going to be happy. I, I'm asking you're you as be... a student of the game. What do you think? Uh, I, I think so. I mean, but you know, just uh, you know, this is probably. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen next year because it's they've tried this in the minor leagues and it's kind of been hit or miss. Uh, but I think yeah. they'll be you'll be a happier man baseball wise within a couple years. How's that? My well, answer. I was thinking maybe this could be a bridge. Give the umps pitch oh, okay. as a bridge <laughs> to Robo. Give him a fighting chance. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, I think it's possible. But but I don't think it's going to happen next year because it has been kind of a no, fiasco in some of the minor leagues this year. Yeah, they're trying. They're testing it out. All yeah. right. Yeah, back yeah, to I the Warriors we go. Okay. All right. Okay. Back to the Warriors. Uh, Mike Dunleavy replacing Bob Myers. Does this change the process, or how how does it change the process? Yeah. Well, I, it changes it because he's a different person, 
and Bob Myers was a spectacular person um, from by, by all accounts. And his level of caring and empathy for all the players and, and really everyone in the front office, the coaching staff, was, was really special. Um, I don't know that yet about Mike Dunleavy, but I know he worked at Myers' right hand for, for several years. And I'll tell you that the action the week of the draft, I didn't feel like there was a rookie at the wheel. I thought those were solid moves from the, the pool trade to the, the first draft pick and then kind of throwing in. Uh, they got a second draft pick by throwing another guy to Washington who was a draft pick from a couple of years ago that just you know, had an injury they didn't know about and, and you know, might, might turn out, might not, but they had this other guy they really wanted that, that they had in their first-round board and they were able to get him at like 57 or 58. Um, I, I think that's, that's quality stuff. So I, I, I don't think it changes the process. I think it's still Dunleavy and I guess uh, Kirk Lacob um, making these decisions with Joe Lacob signing him off and then, you know, Steve Kerr having some input. But mostly I think Steve Kerr gets, you know, he gets what he gets from a roster standpoint. I think this, the, one of the successes of the Warriors, and I discussed this with Kayla when I was on with her, is those guys all stay in their lane. You know, Lacob, though he's blustery and everything else, he lets the general manager do his thing. And the general manager lets the coach do his thing, and the coach lets the players do their thing, with, led by Steph Curry. And, you know, it, and it's mostly worked out. Steve Kerr, uh, U of A alum, former Suns player, former Suns general manager, Warriors coach for roughly a decade now. Is he in this for the really long haul as far as the Warriors head coach? Well, I I know I I can't imagine him leaving. I really can't imagine him leaving. What would he go do? Go broadcast again? This is what he wanted to do the whole time he he was was broadcasting. Oh, yeah, he was good. No, don't get me wrong. He was good. And And he knows he was good. But the whole time he was broadcasting, he was keeping a notebook of out-of-bounds plays that he saw. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so this is what he, what he missed while broadcasting. And there, there's a great book on him um, written by Scott Howard Cooper um, of the LA Times. And, and, and he talks about what he missed while he was broadcasting was he missed winning and losing. He didn't like going back to the hotel after a game and not having that feeling of having won or lost. And I don't think he'd, he'd be in a hurry to get back to that. I think that he is um, he's, he's not an old guy. He's, he's physically better. He went through some terrible physical times uh, a few years ago with his back. But mm-hmm. he's, he's better. I, I do think that this is, he's on his last year of the contract, but I think he'll, he'll certainly do another five years and then, um, and then see what happens after that. He doesn't have interest outside of basketball. But he is so intensely competitive, Bob. I, I know a guy who went to U of A with him and, like, hung with him and, and still does. They're, they're, they're in this group chat of all these U of A alums, and they just give him hell when the team loses and <laughs> plays poorly. They're all over him. Um, but he, this guy told me, he says, you know, everybody thinks Steve Kerr is all cool and, 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 you know, cool as a cucumber. But you get him over a four-foot putt that he thinks he should have made and he misses it, or he dumps the ball into the net on the tennis court when he's got a chance to put an opponent away, and he is just insane with anger about that. He is, and, and I actually had a chance to talk to Steve about that. I met him um, when he the last time they were in Phoenix, and I told him about this this guy. I mentioned his name, and I said he told me the story. I said, now 
now that you've broken clipboards in the huddle, the kind of the secret's out. We're, we're kind of we're kind of on to you now. And he laughed. Um, but so I, I think he loves the competition too much to give it up. Okay, last thing, two parts here. Uh, what do the Warriors need to do this off season, and are they still championship contenders? Uh, I, I think they're on the fringe of championship contention. I, I, you know, you can't call them anything close to the team to beat. I mean, it's all got to gel, and they have to do what Bob Myers was able to do through the years, and that is to go through and find guys on minimum contracts, because even though they're they'll be off the second April next year, they still um, they still don't have they they got to stay off the second April. They can't, they can't you know they they, they can't sign people to a, to a three-year deal right now. So they have to, to comb the, the things and, and really do their good, do good scouting and, and get guys that nobody else sees value in. And, and it's going to be harder because, you know, before it was like, do you want to come play for a championship? Oh, yeah, sign me up. I'll take a minimum salary. They don't have that now. They do still have, do you want to play with Steph Curry? And, and they, now they have, do you want to play with Steph Curry and Chris Paul? And, you, you know, now you've got a team with four absolute guaranteed Hall of Famers on it. And that might be okay to recruit to a team like that. I, I, yeah. I, I would do it, Bob. I don't know. And a Hall of Fame coach. There you go. And a All Hall right, of Fame coach. John. Yeah. Okay, John, great stuff as always. Always enjoy talking to you. Thanks much. Thanks, man. Uh, pitch comp for umpires. I want, I, want, I, want, I want to hear more <laughs> discussion about okay. that. Okay. Every time this is brought up, I will be thinking of you. <laughs> so there you go. Good. Thank you. you. That's all I need. All right. all right. John Cannon, good stuff as always. We appreciate it. John Cannon, former, uh, I don't think you're a former talk show host legend after you leave a place, but yeah, he was here for a while. And I worked with John back in our Las Vegas days, and he spent time in the Bay Area, obviously, and many parts in between.